First, we were in your community. Now, we're in your ears. If librarians are usually bookworms, does a podcasting librarian break the norm to become an earworm? Makes you think. Anyway, this is Pager, a podcast brought to you by the West Bend Community Memorial Library. It's like chatting with your favorite librarian, but without any risk of giving them any dangerous respiratory viruses. I want to kick off our 16th episode with a fun library fact. Have you heard of our library outreach program? If you're unable to visit the library because of physical limitations or special needs, really anything, uh, the library can deliver materials directly to you. Check out the community outreach page on our website to review the eligibility requirements and download an application for services. You can also stop by the library to pick up a hard copy of the application and arrange for the outreach librarian to visit your home and arrange a flexible schedule for her to deliver and pick up materials from the West Bend Library. For outreach purposes, we define homebound as generally confined to their residence due to illness, age, unreliable transportation, disability, or other mobility problems. These circumstances do not need to be permanent for you to qualify. If you're recuperating from an accident or an illness or a surgery, you can definitely still participate. After you've expressed your interest in library outreach, the outreach librarian will contact you to find out what kinds of things you want delivered. Most library materials are eligible for delivery, including books, movies, CDs, comics, and even some of our more niche items. You can make requests for specific titles or compile a list of things that you're interested in. This service is free and available to all eligible residents of Washington County, Wisconsin. And if you or someone you know would benefit from library outreach services and delivery, contact Nancy here at the library. She's a sweetheart and she would absolutely love to help you out. So in keeping with our spooky theme today, I wanted to talk about some scary books and scary movies and other scary things that I like. And kindly joining me today is Darcy, who's the head of cataloging here at the library. Hi, Darcy. Hi, everyone. So do you have any favorite scary Halloween-y books or movies or anything like that? Oh my god, I have a ton because <laughs> I love demons and the whole scariness of everything. Darcy and I bonded over our shared love of Supernatural. Yeah, and I didn't scare myself at home when I'm watching it in my, in my empty bedroom and my husband's at home and I like hear a creak and I like jump out of bed. Yeah, what was that? Yeah, not a good idea to watch when you're by yourself, but yes. Sometimes no. it's fun, though, and I, I, I tend to really like scary things. I startle really easily, so if you're ever watching a scary movie with me, especially at, like, a movie theater and there's, like, a jump scare, I will scream, but I love it. That's not the kind of thing that haunts me, because once in a while I'll see something that is so scary that I have to, like, sleep with the light on, because I'm a little baby. Same, same. And that was... Um, for me, two weeks ago, not quite two weeks ago, episode eight of Lovecraft Country, which is based on the book by Matt Ruff, and is currently airing every Sunday night on HBO. There's one episode left, but the eighth episode, like, I slept with my lights on for, like, a week. <laughs> it was so scary. Oh, what other fabulous well, recommendations? A few of them, if you like Silence of the Lambs with Anthony Hopkins, which is also a book yes. by Thomas Harris. Um, Anthony Hopkins also did The Right. It's R-I-T-E. Oh, sure. Um, that was, like, based on a true events over Ooh. in England. And then I liked The Grudge with Sarah Michelle Gellar, which is uh, your general Oh yeah, that's such a classic. Classic. The Conjuring, anything with Ed and Lorraine Warren that used to do like the Paranormal Society and they have The Conjuring, Annabelle. Some of those are actually based off of true tales and like cases they had. Yeah, The Conjuring, the whole Annabelle thing that's supposedly based on like a real doll. Doll, yes. Very and creepy. And dolls it, are one of those things that creep me out and part I, of why that episode of Lovecraft Country freaked me out so bad. 
It's like, no. Yeah, the Annabelle one was pretty creepy, but it's based off an actual doll. Uh-huh. And yeah, I won't have that in my house. And Silence of the Lambs, it's actually a, a series of books. Silence of the Lambs, I think, is the second one. There have been movies made out of, I think, all of them at this point, and the Hannibal... Lecter series. Yeah, the series is on... Um, there's a, it was a TV series, and that's on Netflix, at least. And I'm pretty sure you can get it on DVD from the library as well. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins just gets in it that you like he, you forget he's Anthony Hopkins in those movies. He's so creepy. It's yeah, just, and it's he has, just he's so real. recognizable, but yet he's so creepy in those movies. Oh, Poltergeist. yes. Poltergeist. And then if you like some fun ones that aren't so scary but lighthearted Halloween ones, Beetlejuice is a classic. Oh, yeah. Hocus Pocus, Definitely. which my husband makes fun of me for liking, but I don't care. I love Hocus Pocus. Um, Zombie Land, a little like zombie action with Woody Harrelson. Um, there's the Shaun of the Dead, which is one of my favorites with Simon Pegg. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead. That was one of my fir- like the first really comedy horror movies I saw. Besides like, um, have you seen the Evil Dead or the Evil Dead Two? Did not see that one. Army yet, of Darkness. On my list. Yeah, I think they're. I recently found them streaming somewhere. I can't remember if it was on Netflix or Hulu. So they are streaming. They're out there. The really cool thing about the Evil Dead is part of the reason I decided I wanted to go to film school and get a film degree, because these were just essentially high school kids with you know using whatever money and resources and supplies that they had, shooting this horror movie that is actually like decently scary at some points, but they were just like high school buddies hanging out and making a movie, and the lead actor is Bruce Campbell, who's gone on to have a pretty prolific like B-movie career, and the director is Sam Raimi, who did, oh, like, Spider-Man yeah, yeah. and Drag Me to Hell. And Drag Me to Hell. That was... so, so the fact that they started with this very basic, super low-budget, genuinely, in parts, very frightening movie. Like, part of it, it's... Sometimes a movie with a lower budget is scarier, like Paranormal well, Activity or just, like... That, well, that <gasps> Paranormal Activity creeps me out, yes. Yes. The first one, I think, is the scariest one. I've seen them all. First one really freaks me. Well, also, um, you have, like, The Shining and Dawn of the Dead series. Oh, yeah. Or the Alien series with Sigourney Weaver, I believe. Yes. And you have all those. If you like the whole alien thing, freaks you out. Mm-hmm. Psycho from the classic Psycho. Oh, yeah. The old classic Alfred Hitchcock like, freaks, movies. Yeah. Hitchcock. Oh, my God. We had to watch that for school. Those were <laughs> creepy, too. And Dracula. Frankenstein. And they've done so many Dracula and Frankenstein movies over the years. but And some of them are better than others, but a lot of times they're kind of cheesy and fun and good. (laughs) for They're enjoyable for that reason (laughs) sometimes. I'm trying to think of others. Oh, I really like, uh, I talked a little bit earlier with someone else about Coraline by Neil Gaiman. Oh, yes. I watched that one. I like that. It's creepy, but it's good. Yeah. I think if you like Nightmare Before um, Christmas, um, uh, Night Before, yeah, all those um, series, you'll like Corpse that Bride, yeah. Then Coraline is a good fit for you. Like, and I was expecting like a kids movie. I went, I hadn't read the book, and my friends and I went to see it when it came out, oh. and I was just like, oh, this is super creepy. Totally not what I was expecting at all. It was creepier than I thought it was gonna be. I'm like, this is a kids one. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm gonna have nightmares about her other mother. Yes. Ugh. But Neil Gaiman does that. He's really good at working like subtle creepiness into his stories, I find. And several of them are have been made into movies. But Coraline is like, oh, that's the one that sticks with me the most. And we've got it downstairs. Yes, we do. <laughs> we also have some other authors like Stephen King. And if you didn't know, Stephen King has a son that writes under the name Joe Hill. And he's got a few creepy books out as well. And they have a couple of collaborative books too, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. But yeah, he didn't want to be known as like, 
Stephen King's son, so he writes under the name Joe Hill to be in disguise. But we've just outed him on this podcast. And it's that's always really funny to me because Stephen King used to write as Richard Bachman, and then he wrote the book The Dark Half, which is about an author who stages like a fake killing of his pseudonym. So he's like, oh, yep, I'm not writing under this pen name anymore. And like poses with like a fake grave with the, the fake person's name on the headstone. But then like the grave is found disturbed and there's dirt and it looks like someone has climbed out. So he has this like evil alter ego that he used to write using his name and he was so powerful that he made him real. Anyway, love Stephen King. <laughs> I could talk about Stephen King all day. But The Shining is one of those early ones that... That is creepy. It's so creepy. So when I was little, my dad had a shelf of R-rated movies that the kids couldn't watch. <laughs> and they were kept like out of reach, you know? And I'd be like, well, why can't I watch them? Why can't I watch them? And he'd be like, oh, you have to read the book first. So this is like The Shining, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> like, you know, some, you some pretty grown-up You should always read books. the book before you watch the movie. You should. You should. Should be a rule. When you're nine and your dad has said <laughs> that you can watch The Shining after you read the book and you go to the library all the time and you read The Shining when you're nine, that's traumatic. <laughs> that's traumatizing. Maybe wait till you're a little older. Right, yeah. Like maybe, and that's, that's part of why I have such a hard time when people are like, oh, is this book appropriate for a whatever year old? I'm like, well, that kind of depends on the, on the 11 year old, you know? <laughs> Some of us are mostly okay, despite reading The Shining way too young. But that movie is so scary. Do you know which one did, did, did scar me and it shouldn't have? <laughs> which one? Gremlins. Oh, Gremlins is, yeah. Like I might say, yes, let me watch that one. And I had nightmares. I still, to this day, cannot hear the song, Do You Hear What I Hear? Oh, no. I just, like, freak out and run out of the room. It's just, I'm over. It's done. And so, cause it has this scene with the, the microwave in it, and I'm just done. So if you like yep. them, get scared with some little creatures, Gremlins is your thing. Just don't let your kids watch it when they're like eight or less right yeah i remember being freaked out by gremlins the first time too there's it's funny how that happens and sometimes i go back and i'll watch a movie that scared me as a kid and be like that wasn't that scary like why what was were I you scared? upset about that was just pathetic but no no this one generally still freaks me out to this day and it's it's fun to go back and, and watch some of those sometimes and you're like oh no this was genuinely terrifying and i was way too young for this another one of mine is uh the the tunnel scene in willy wonka and the chocolate factory like, the, there's some scary stuff that happens throughout that movie. Like, it's genuinely kind of traumatizing as a kid to see Violet, like, turn into a blueberry. But they're on the boat, and Gene Wilder is just like, there's no earthly way of knowing. And there's all this, like, weird projection on the... Oh, oh, oh it really Too stressed me out. Stressed me out as a kid, and it still kind of stresses me out as an adult. I'm like, oh, it's a river of chocolate you can fall into and die. <laughs> it might be a... Might be a good, just like good death. It's like yummy, right? Yeah, I don't delicious. Know what's the worth of doing it? I, I guess don't know. yeah. If I had to pick a way, it'd be Got way better chocolate. than being like stabbed <laughs> to death. Hopefully, and I, I like some of those old slasher movies too. I'm a big fan of uh, Scream. I like Friday the Thirteenth. Um, oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Some of the the Scream classics, the slasher classics, are definitely uh, a whole genre of their own, and they're not for everybody. But sometimes you can have horror without a whole lot of blood. So another one that I was thinking about is um, really anything by Shirley Jackson, the author. And she her books have been turned into movies and TV shows. The, the big one is The Haunting of Hill House. 
was a Shirley Jackson story, and now it's got a Netflix, Netflix adaptation. Yep, I saw that. Pretty creepy. And it's been a couple of movies, too, that same story. I think there are a couple of different movies just called The Haunting or something along those lines. So it's been made into several things, but also her book, The Lottery, always kind of freaked me out. And there's a movie based on that. And I like uh, We Have Always Lived in the Castle, which isn't scary so much as just like kind of eerie and unsettling. Spooky. And it's, you know, I like a good uh, crumbling big old house story. Freaking closet door, stuff like that. Yeah. Because I, I grew up in a, a, a Victorian home built in 1892 that was in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. So it's not like I was super rich as a kid or anything, I promise. But oh man, that thing, that house creaked. And so I love a good old house story. Love a haunted house. The Shining kind of is too, except it's a big, scary haunted motel. Hotel. It's a hotel. Yeah, I don't think I could live there. No, no thank After you. After seeing that. And I haven't seen Doctor Sleep, which is the sequel. I've read the book. No, I haven't either, and that's on my list to do as well. Nice. It's... I haven't read the book yet either, though, so I gotta get going on that. I liked the book, but I gotta, maybe that'll be one of my, my Halloween resolutions is finally watch Dr. Sleep. Well, there's some other books if you just go to our section, the 133.1 is kind of like the ghost section, the spooky section. There's like the Haunted Heartland. They have like short stories by Michael Norman and Beth Scott. Mm -hmm. Haunted Wisconsin by Beth Scott and Michael Norman, which is a book and ebook if you're looking for that. Oh, nice. Um, they're nice short stories and ghost stories that happened in Wisconsin or the Heartland. And it's kind of creepy because, like, these actually happen to people and it's creepy. Yeah, the Haunted Wisconsin series, that whole series of books, there's a bunch for different states. Haunted Minnesota. Yeah, there's yeah, all different haunted states. Haunted Iowa. Iowa, Illinois. There's all sorts of ones like it's, that. It's fun because they're organized geographically. So you can go, like, oh, hey, I was going to do a, a leaf-peeping trip <laughs> up to Stevens Point. What's haunted in Stevens Point? Or what's haunted here where I live in West Bend? And you can check out some of the, the scary stories that have happened over the years. And I, I like that a lot. This is that nice hometown connection. Yeah, they say that there's a haunted place on the Seven Bridges Road over by Boltonville. They say that's like this haunted stretch. That the eerie things have happened there, which I don't like going down that road in winter in the dark. It creeps me out. It's kind of creepy because I just had a dream the other day that the covered bridge in Cedarburg was haunted. Oh boy, I that just, as well. I just had a dream. The old courthouse downtown here in West Bend. Yeah. I, it's, I think it's a law office now, but it's got like a, a tower in it. And people say that they see lights go on when no lights should be on. And I they hear weird noises. Wouldn't discount that. That probably is true. There's a lot of old places in West Bend that could be haunted. and Makes sense. So I wonder, I bet the uh, our friends over at the Historical Society, kind of kitty corner from us at the old, uh, oh, that's the old courthouse. So what was that? That must have been Old City Hall that's haunted. Anyway, <laughs> they probably have the info on, uh, on haunted West Bend and can quote it a little more reliably than I can. Any other spooky things you think we should share with the class? So off the top of my head, that's all I know right now. I mean, anything spooky, demons, ghosts, freaking me out. So it's always good. I'm also, like, watching this. If you have Hulu, there's a Exorcist. And it's not for the faint of heart. It's pretty, like, the, pretty like graphic, gross. And, like, they're trying to exorcise these demons. They're trying to take yeah. over with the church. And it's creepy. And it is. It's fun. And but the I'm Exorcist gonna... movie is creepy, too. Yes, The Exorcist 2 is also very creepy, the old classic. So, yeah. So it's kind of my genre. Yeah, kind of your your thing. So we're, we're Halloween enthusiasts here. If you ever need something scary to read, or something cute and not scary to read, perhaps with a kid, <laughs> or something funny, but also a little bit scary, because um, sometimes things are scary, but also funny. 
It's weird how that works out. I think they're redoing the Hocus Pocus. Aren't they do, redoing a sequel coming out? I thought I, I heard saw something, something about, about that. that. Yeah. So I'll have to like look that up and verify, we'll but I'm excited. Keep, keep track of it. If there's anything that you ever want and uh, you want to watch and you can't, you don't have access to a streaming service or you can't find it, let us know. We probably have it or some way to get it. We will try. And, oh, the last one I wanted to mention since I was just talking about um, horror and comedy Get Out and um, Us by Jordan Peele. Uh, he's he's the director, but he got famous as this comedy duo, Key and Peele. And so when he announced that he was working on a horror movie, I was like, interesting, how's that going to go? And it was really fun to see in the theater with a whole bunch of people who were laughing, but also afraid. <laughs> there's Sometimes there's a fine line between scary and funny, laughing hysterically and laughing because you're scared. So if you need any more suggestions, you know where to find us. It's, we're at the library at 630 Poplar Street in downtown West Bend. And uh, thanks for joining us today, Darcy. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun talking about fun, scary movies. Fun, scary movies. I love it. It is now time for some corny library jokes. I ask you, why did the ghost go to the library so often? She checks out a lot of books, but she just goes right through them. And what happens to the mummy when he goes to the library? He gets wrapped up in a good book. Everybody laugh. Yes, please clap. And in case you've read and watched everything that Darcy and I talked about, our fabulous adult fiction librarian, Sarah, had some more books to recommend. Her first recommendation was The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires, which is set in the 90s. Uh, she calls it Fried Green Tomatoes and Steel Magnolias Meet Dracula. So it's a southern-flavored supernatural thriller about a book club who gets into vampire hunting. Another recommendation was If It Bleeds by Stephen King, which is a collection of four short stories. Stephen King has done that a couple of times throughout his career where he releases just some shorter stories, novellas maybe, um, as a collection. So If It Bleeds is a new one from him. Sarah also recommends The Year of the Witching by Alexis Henderson, which is uh, kind of a, a feminist fantasy. A young woman who lives in a puritanical society discovers the dark powers within herself. Sarah also recommends Survivor Song by Paul Tremblay, which uh, Paul Tremblay has won the Bram Stoker Award for suspense and horror writing. Bram Stoker, of course, being the author of the original Dracula novel, which I don't know if I touched on this enough earlier, but the original Dracula and the original Frankenstein are both so well written and so enjoyable. I didn't realize that until I sat down and read the classics. So in addition to these new ones, check out the classics as well. Another recommendation from Sarah is The Sundown Motel by Simone St. James. Our plucky protagonist is sucked in by the same creepy motel that took her aunt many years before. And I love a good creepy motel story also. Last but not least from Sarah is The Deep by Alma Katsu, um, which is someone or something is haunting the Titanic. And that just sounds really, really wonderful, really creepy. I've always been fascinated with the sinking of the Titanic uh, since I was a little kid. I would also like to throw in as a recommendation Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. Mexican Gothic came out earlier this year, and it's I mentioned earlier that I'm super into decrepit old house books. And I believe Mexican Gothic has even been optioned for a TV series, maybe a miniseries. So we'll see if Mexican Gothic gets to the screen at some point. We've reached the point in the podcast where I talk about upcoming events. So get your calendar ready because you're going to want to mark it. Crafting Saturdays have returned as make-and-take craft kits. So once a month, 
we'll be dropping a craft kit geared for teens and adults that will be available on a first come first served basis one Saturday every month at 10 a.m. Kits are no cost, though donations are generally appreciated to help cover the cost of supplies. And that that goes for most library things, especially this year. I know it's tight for a lot of folks, but it's it's been kind of tight for us, too. So if you do have something you want to give, something you want to donate, do let us know. Crafting Saturday kits are dropping on Saturday, October 17th, again at 10 a.m. And they will be uh, a pumpkin decorating set. So you'll get a pumpkin and some supplies to decorate it. And as always, when you finish any of our crafts, we love to see them on social media. If you take a picture and you want to post it and tag us, that definitely is a quick, easy little way that you can make a librarian smile. Teen Tuesdays are also back, which I'm very excited about. Join your friendly neighborhood teen librarian, that's me, on YouTube each week for teen-specific recommendations. I've been suggesting activities, books, movies, manga, anime, music, crafts, snacks, and all kinds of other stuff. It's a little bit different every week, and new episodes are posted each Tuesday at noon, so definitely subscribe to us on YouTube. Every Monday morning, you can stop by the library to pick up a take-home storytime kit. So each week, Miss Terica has a new educational kit, so you can have a fun storytime at home, including crafts, activities, and more. Kits are available near the information desk in the children's area on the first floor, while supplies last, and they drop Monday mornings at 9 Miss Terica is also offering virtual story times on YouTube, so be sure to follow us there or on social media to get updated when new story times are posted. One was posted this week that was a, a teddy bear story time and features a giant six foot teddy bear. So you definitely want to check that out. They can be a great way to give parents a bit of a break while still sharing books with your kids. And while the weather is still not too gloomy, go ahead and check out our outdoor story walk. A story walk is an innovative and delightful way for children and their adults to enjoy reading and the outdoors at the same time. They take laminated pages from a children's book and attach them to wooden stakes, which are installed along an outdoor path. So our story walk begins near the entrance of the library and follows the sidewalk back to our beautiful patrons park. The story for October is Pumpkin Trouble by Jan Thomas. I also have a teen craft. I'm printing off the templates on orange paper so you can fold your own paper craft pumpkin. This is a pretty difficult craft. Um, so if you have younger kids, you might want to skip this one. But for the older crowd, teens and adults, you can fold a dodecahedron or an isosahedron. So you'll start with a regular piece of paper and fold it into one of those shapes. I'm going to include both, I think, in the kits. Uh, and then you get a cute little jack-o'-lantern with uh, just, some, just some paper and glue. So check that out next week as well. Those will be dropping, I believe, on the 19th. So we're trying to keep busy around here at the library and uh, keep you occupied and engaged as well. So that's pretty much all I've got for today. As a, as a wise pig once said, that's all, folks. So for this episode, at least, there there will be more. So please rate or review or follow or subscribe to Pager. It makes me feel like I'm doing a good job and also helps people find the podcast. Outside of the podcast, there are tons of ways to stay on top of what's going on at the library and tons of things you can do for free online with just your library card. Our website is westbendlibrary.org, and if you go there, you can search the library's catalog, check out all the cool stuff we have to offer, and even subscribe to our monthly newsletter. That goes out on the first of every month, so I think between the newsletter and pager, you get a pretty good sense of what's going on and coming up at the library. We're on Instagram as West Bend Library and on Facebook as West Bend Community Memorial Library, which is a mouthful, but follow us there too. We post usually every single day, sometimes multiple times a day, 
different stuff to do, different activities, different things that are going on, different things you can use your library card for. Our YouTube channel has a whole pager playlist as well as archives of story times, Teen Tuesdays, adult book recommendations, tips and tricks for using the library's online resources, and so much more. And if you just can't get enough of my dulcet tones, tune in to 101.3 FM or AM 1470 to pull in WIBD, or ask your smart speaker to play WIBD on Wednesday mornings at 7.45 AM. Talk with host Rick Jensen about what's going on at the library. Pager is recorded and edited at the West Bend Community Memorial Library entirely using equipment and software that's available for free to any Monarch Library System cardholder. The concept was developed by Samantha Watson, and the podcast is currently produced by me, Hannah Kane. It's uh, it's just me. Sometimes you listen to podcast credits, and they've got producers and engineers and lots of people working on it. But this is really a uh, a very personal effort, and uh, if I can podcast, so can you. So definitely stop by the library and see how creative you can be. Thanks again for tuning into Pager, and I hope to see you again. Well, have you listened to me again in November? <laughs>